Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Chad and Zay. All right, let's go hour number three on a Wednesday. Chad and Zay, I'm Chad Hastings. He's Isaiah Collier. Picks out a beat to start every third hour. What do you got, Zay? The bridge is over. The bridge is over. (laughs) KRS-One, Boogie Down Productions, bridge is over. One of the first diss tracks in hip-hop history. Oh, wow. Okay. I forgot who they dissed, though. I was going to say, who was KRS-One in a battle with? Or in a beef with? Um, I think Marley Maul. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. KRS One was like high level intelligent rap, wasn't he? Yep. I wouldn't want to get into any kind of diss battle with him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Marley Maul and those guys lost. Okay. Oh yeah. I felt like KRS One was kind of the master of the word back then. Oh yeah. This <laughs> yeah. is up there. I think with No Vaseline, when Ice Cube this NWA, and all right, you know what? Tupac diss. On Biggie, all that. This is up there. Jay Z, Nas. This is a in the '80s. If you getting this in the '80s, oof. oh, it's yeah, it's serious. <laughs> it's yeah, serious. It's serious. Then, <laughs> all right. So the KRS One beat to start us off this hour. Let's get back into this uh, Longhorn discussion. Uh, we head to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline, and we uh, check in in Florida, where the discussions are not about Texas, but yeah, they kind of are. Uh, let's go talk to Anwar Richardson. OrangeBloods.com at Anwar Richardson on Twitter. If you want to give him a follow, Anwar, how are you, man? Man, I was enjoying the uh, BDP uh, conversation about Boogie Down Productions. You guys uh, uh, took it back. But, no, I'm I'm here in, in, in beautiful Destin, Florida, and uh, I feel like this place has to be reparations for all my Lubbock visits because this place is beautiful. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> I'm appreciating uh, finally uh, the, stepping up and, and, and having some beautiful places to be at. So. Uh, it's been fun. I've been out here since uh, Monday. Yeah, I saw that video pan that you did of the beach, and and I thought, now on one hand, he is a, a Florida guy, so getting back to Florida is good. But I hadn't thought of the fact that you you have been to Lubbock and Manhattan and Morgantown yeah. a few times. So uh, uh, that is good. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. It's it's about time. I'm I'm happy, uh, you know, with the move, and it's uh, you know it's. The one thing I'll just I'll say just kind of in generic terms, but uh, the one thing I can say about the uh, the SEC is that when they do something, they do this thing with one hundred percent class. This thing is taking place at the Hilton, Destin, right off the beach. Um, you know, when Big Twelve meetings, when they do their spring meetings, it's kind of not as organized. You know, it's kind of loose. You know, you don't necessarily always bring you people. This year is kind of like a real organized uh, event that's here. They had a social on a, on last night. You had a commissioner addressing everyone and talking about the vision uh, and where this, this conference is headed. And, um, you know, you, when you're around, you can feel the energy. Like, you can feel the vision, you can feel the energy. And the, the, the other thing I'll say about it, and I know there's more specifically want to talk, it, it is kind of like 
they know that they're the big dog and they talk like they're the big dog. Like they don't shy away from saying this is the best conference. They don't shy away from saying like, you know, this, this, you know, Texas and OU, what they're going to have to deal with. And a couple of coaches said is having to deal with elite programs week in and week out. Um, they don't shy away from that thing at all. And so it's a, you know, there's one thing to brag. There's another thing if you can back it up. And the one thing we know about the SEC is they can definitely brag and back it up. Yeah, that's it is kind of what they do. Um, and Texas and Oklahoma joining is, is going to be something. So, Anwar, let's just dig right into the scheduling thing because sure. when, when I saw you were there, I thought, man, I, I want to know if it's the conversation. Is uh, is there anything? Yeah. Is there anything you've heard discussed more than 2024 scheduling while you've been there? No, you know, well, I will tell you, there's a, there's a bunch of talking points that I would say. So I would say the scheduling, obviously, is usually the first thing that every coach has been asked about. Um, and nobody really commits uh, as relates to, um, you know, eight or nine. Uh, they, they kind of just go, you know, hey, we can do whatever's best. And, you know, and, and you know, I think their concern for the coaches who are, you know, in favor of the eight is that, they don't want to be penalized for a loss when it comes to making the playoffs. So, like that, that's that's kind of where it's at for some of those guys. They're like, look, you know, this conference is hard enough. If we go to nine and we have two or three losses, like how do we get in with the twelve with a twelve team playoff? So you have that portion uh, of it going on, and it has been that conversation. And so then those conversations were being had today uh, with athletic directors and the coaches, uh, which you, you know know by you know Friday. The other things that they've been talking about a lot about has been gambling, and I know you guys are well aware of some of the gambling scandals that have been uh, occurring um, and basically just trying to see, you know, uh, for a lot of these coaches who aren't in that world, uh, it's kind of brand new for them. Like it's, it's brand new for, you know, for them is, is learning over the last year or so that, wait a second, my kids can get on an app and bet on a, you know, a Chinese baseball game. Like, wait a second, how, how does this happen? You know? And so, uh, and then bet on other things. And, and so kind of, you know, having the conversations of, what do you do with the kids? What do you do with your staff? Like, and how do you reiterate, like, hey, this is not the thing to do. Uh, tampering has been one of a, a topic that has come up a lot uh, here as far as, um, you know, other programs kind of using third parties to go after your kids, uh, you know, through the, through the transfer portal. And, you know, what do you do with that? And is there are there ways to curtail it? And I don't think anyone really came up uh, with an answer as far as that is concerned because, if we're just keeping it in a buck, I feel like everyone's guilty of it. So how do you how do you tell you know, how do you turn someone in for things that you probably are doing on your on your end as well? Um, and then NIL. Uh, that ended up being a certain thing where, you know, some of these coaches have talked about maybe, you know, putting those BBs back in the box, but also understanding that it's gonna be kinda of tough because um, you know, you've got uh, you know, most states that are kind of doing their own thing. So, you know, in order to, if they wanted to, quote, unquote, regulate NIL or try to make them into paid employees or anything to that effect, well, you can't do certain things in certain states because they've already protected them, which means you would have to go up to another level, uh, you know, of of, of, the, of of politics and having to get Congress involved. And, you know, we, we know how quickly Congress moves on things. So, I mean, so, the, you know, I would say those are probably the biggest talking points uh, that has kind of been uh, occurred so far this week. Hmm. 
Yeah, Anwar, I heard Nick Saban talking about wanting a union for NIL to make it more like the NFL, like Alabama don't got big money and big-time boosters, so I don't know what Nick is talking about there. But how's the feel from the current coaches in the SEC with Texas and Oklahoma about to make the switch in 2024? These guys, they got to worry about the 2023 season. How's guys like Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, Brian Kelly, Lane Kiffin, how are they feeling, you know, discussing all this Texas OU talk? when they got to deal with the season coming up. Well, the the, the, the Bryce Young conversation is, is funny. Like, Bryce Young probably wasn't the highest-paid quarterback and the highest-paid athlete in all of college football <laughs> last year, right? <laughs> I, you know, I hear what you're saying. I acknowledge that, right? Um, so, but, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Texas and OU have not been a talking point this offseason. Like, so in this kind this of what, so what the, the, the lay of the land for this thing is kind of as such. I feel like when we get to the media days, uh, that's when there's more football conversations. Like, that's when you hear a lot more about, like, getting ready for the football season, Texas coming in, OU coming in, this and that. This is more, has been more about uh, the structure, like, the things that they want to vote on, you know, those kind of things. That's what this kind of been more about, more so than Texas and OU. As you guys know that, um, you know, Crypto County is here. He's, he's in the rooms. He's been in the meetings. He doesn't have a, a vote. Uh, it doesn't really, you know, it, it's kind of, kind of been more of a fly on uh, the wall. Uh, Chris Polanski is here as well. I did see her, uh, you know, rolling around last night. Um, so, but yet no one, you know, the Texas and OU has come up on occasion. But I'll be honest with you, you know, most of the coaches have been kind of shoulder-shrugged it and, you know, say, hey, good for the conference. But I think the only person who really addressed anything of substance uh, has probably was Jimbo yesterday uh, when he started talking about maybe, you know, of course, you know, renewing the rivalry uh, with Texas. But outside of that, this, this meeting, Texas and OU has kind of taken a backseat. Talking with Anwar Richardson of OrangeBloods.com. He's in Destin, Florida for those SEC meetings. And I'm just trying to imagine that my Chris Del Conte and Chris Plonsky are walking around SEC meetings. That's just like, I'll get used to it. I will get used to it. But, man, that's wild stuff. So, Anwar, in terms of the scheduling deal, I think that's what a lot of fans are focused on right now. Um, As far as what you're hearing, if they do get to a vote, hopefully it's this week. Sankey's been talking. He said he wanted it by April, and now we're almost done with May. May, um, it, is, the, is, the, is it simple for you in terms of they're going to vote on eight or nine, they're hoping to get that done this week, and then they'll figure out the details later? Is that kind of where this could go? I think what has kind of been outlined is that when, you know, eight is basically, if it's eight, then it's uh, simply boils down to one traditional rival. So if it's eight, then Texas probably plays Oklahoma every every year. I think there was a report out by uh, Chip that said like the the OU Texas thing is you know going to be renewed, right? Uh, so going sure. forward, it's that that's the kind of thing that that's probably going to happen. Then of course, if it goes to nine, then you get the three uh, built-in uh, rivals that you can have. So that would allow for uh, to have it, you know, a, a, a Texas versus A uh, and M, Texas obviously versus like in, you know in Arkansas, then Texas versus OU. And, you know, Sank has been, you know, very, very clear uh, as far as trying to be forward thinking and not being a program that's just 
um, you know, laying in the weeds and, and, you know, and being ahead, you know, and so that's the one thing that he's prided himself on is that they're not reactionary. You know, I think the one thing we can say about the Big 12 has been is all, all the years that you've covered them, they've been reactionary towards things. You know, there was a there was a conference that 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 had an opportunity to expand several years ago, and after looking into it, they said no. To only years later, when Texas and OU decide to leave, they say, "Okay, all the teams that we told no, you can come in now, right?" And so, you know, then they pride themselves in being able to say, "Hey, we're forward thinkers," um, and and you know, and one of the things that Sankey has, has talked about and others have is that they just really believe that when it comes to the SEC and how SEC is viewed, and, and especially in, amongst the minds of voters, that there is still a possibility that if you have two losses or three losses, but it's three S2 or three SEC losses, then that's not going to hurt you as much, you know? And so, you know, they don't, what the, you know, people will be scared. Of course, the other guys, you know, talk about the schedule. And look, if you do, if you go eight conference games and you do four, like, are you doing cupcakes and does that work against you? So uh, the, the thought and the hope is for this thing to get, you know, uh, kind of finalized. Uh, so by finance, so when, um, you know, the commissioner addresses uh, the media on Friday afternoon, somewhere between one or two, uh, our time, uh, central time, by the way, my friend, yes. uh, that <laughs> everything, everything, everything will be, uh, all the horses will be in the barn. Man, let's hope so. Yeah, for real. Anwar, yeah. Sark has hired guys like Paul Christ, old Wisconsin coach, Jody Camellis, mm-hmm. who's been in the NFL for a very long time, and Payam Sadat to be on this roster as analysts. And we know if no Gary mm-hmm. Patterson, this is this could be really good for the upcoming 2023 season. What do these hires mean to you? Um, you know, it, it shows it shows Sarkeesian's commitment uh, to finding you know the best guys to be analysts you know within his program and uh, and going after the best and you know having a guy like like Chris and having a head coach that you know he can lean on to say whether he had Gary you know Patterson last year probably you know helps him you know Gary Patterson was heavily involved uh, in the game plan for Alabama you know I was told you know for myself that's one of the things that he really worked on you know heading into you know the season now I'm not saying that to say he's the reason why they were close to competitive PK still has to call the game so certain things happen so you know I'm not saying that to take any credit uh, away from folks but I think having you know a guy like Chris and giving Sark a, a, a kind of a shoulder to lean on, a guy with experience, an opinion that he can trust. Uh, when that guy is, you know, breaking down film and presenting things to him, uh, he can feel confident, you know, within that. He's also, like you said, brought in some veteran guys, uh, as you've talked about as well. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, to borrow that, that term, and it's a little bit of a cliche, but it, it is the Nick Saban model of, Hey, go out, find the best that are out there, the guys who, you know, don't, are unemployed at this moment, but bring you value that can be on your program, your program for about a year or two, uh, and help you kind of get to that next moment, or next level. And look, if you're, if you're Sark and you are as close, uh, to maybe having a breakthrough as this program has been in so many years, yeah, you, you, you've, the analyst money, you don't have to worry about paying them, you know, $500,000, you know, you bring them on board, let them live in Austin, let them enjoy themselves, and let them be part of the program. I think all of those highs are great. 
Anwar, before we let you go, another quick one from me, just to clarify. Have you heard any? I keep reading Greg Sankey say he thinks there'll be no divisions moving forward in the SEC. From, mm-hmm. what, from what you're hearing, is it going to be just stack everybody up and then no matter what they decide, the top two teams are headed to Atlanta. We're going to be done with SEC West and East. Yeah, I, so there's the things that I've heard, and like, listen, just don't 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 hold me to it because right. there's the things that have been talked about, and we'll see. You know, the things that I've heard is that you know, especially especially if they're going to nine for sure, no divisions. Uh, if they're at eight, then there becomes that conversation of it. And you know, now some folks have suggested, some coaches have suggested that look, you know, at some point, especially when they start thinking about the big picture about the playoffs, does it even make sense to have a conference championship game? Like, why are we risking it? It's kind of been what at least a couple of coaches said here. Like, why are we even risking the potential of having another loss and having someone knocked out? Why don't we just go off of regular season and just forget the conference championship and then just hand someone a trophy? So, you know, but it will, that will be determined as far as the divisions uh, this week. Uh, but I do know Sankey does not want to have the divisions. And, and, you know, for us, we've kind of been outside of looking in. I think we'll be able to see how much juice that you really has as relates to you know the presidents and everyone within the SEC. We'll be able to know that really quickly. Anwar Richardson, orangebloods.com, at Anwar Richardson on Twitter. If you didn't see that cool pan of a beach in Florida, everybody can appreciate that if you're not near a beach in Florida right now. Uh, and all the great stuff as he uh, gets to cover this SEC meetings with a little bit of Longhorn and Sooner uh, attendance, if not votes. That'll be next year when everything is official. Uh, Anwar Richardson, we appreciate the time, brother. Safe travels and enjoy Florida. Okay. Take care, guys. Thanks, Thanks Anwar. Uh, yeah, that's that is that has got to feel like good payback from all that time in Lubbock and Manhattan. And, oh, Lawrence, come on, man! And did you hear what he, <laughs> did you hear what he said there, Zay? As a Longhorn fan, were you excited to hear somebody that covers it say this conference is a little more organized? This conference is a little more clearer in its vision than what the Big Twelve does. Yeah, big reason why we leaving, right? Uh, that's <laughs> that's exactly what I thought as he was saying it. As I've talked to people, you talk to more and more Longhorn fans. They want it for a lot of reasons, and that's one of them. Go be in a conference that knows where it's going, the direction of it, and like he said, never afraid to tell you they think they're the best. Yeah, because <laughs> that's kind of what Texas and OU are about, especially in football. Absolutely, letting you know that they think. They're the best, and never be comfortable with that. And uh, now they're going to be kind of blending into all that culture that the SEC has. Yo, Texas battles with Stanford for the President's Cup every season. Like football, basketball, rowing, whatever, track and field, whatever you want, it's top tier around here. And that's why we're going to the SEC to compete with the best. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, thanks to Anwar for his time. Again, maybe by later in the week, hopefully by Friday afternoon. Maybe it's even during uh, – it actually be during that Texas baseball game. Our show probably gets cut a little short because of Texas baseball. Hopefully sometime during that game, maybe there's something to be said for the scheduling next year in the SEC. So keep it right here. We'll let you know uh, the very latest when we hear it. Up next, why today matters on this May 31st. One more day in May to talk about. We will hit that next. A couple of big dog birthdays, including one of the biggest dogs ever in the NFL. Hits a big round number. Next, on the horn. Big swangers and more than 20 inches sitting low. We ball 24-7 all that we know. Chad and Zay. Yeah, already know. Paint dripping off the door. Not in 
engaged with no lady, fall in love with them, no. You might think I'm crazy, never knew this type of love before. I'm in love with my foreign, yes, I'm married. Wednesday, finishing up May. Say, do I have a shot here? Zero. Zero chance? Yeah. All right. Who you got? Chameleon there. Ah. All wall. In love with my money. Houston classic. So, Chameleon Air and Paul Wall? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I knew this was good to play. They didn't say no clean version, but Chameleon Air never cursed oh, in his lyrics. Okay. So, always feels good playing him. You're confident. Very confident. Okay, good. Yeah. Paul Wall, when he comes on, I'm going to have to drop it. Then you're going to be, yeah, yeah gotta I'm going to have to drop it. Yeah. Chameleon Air, Paul Wall, Spiral Staircase, Doobie Brothers, Bob Marley, and Donny Iris all on the show today. KRS One Beat to start the hour. Tomorrow in this hour, we'll get into an album and movie swap discussion. Zay is going to check out Led Zeppelin 4 this week, and I still need to watch Above the Rim. i got to get to it tonight. I was just about to start last night, and then I got caught on that American Gladiators thing, and it was way more serious than I thought. And I, I was going to watch like five minutes and then watch the movie, and then I just got lost in the Gladiators deal. So i got to get to Above the Rim tonight. We'll talk about that uh, at uh, 2 o'clock tomorrow. Also, we've got uh, a couple of uh, a couple other things tomorrow. We're trying to lock a guest down maybe for 105. We're also going to have an NBA discussion with a national analyst. One of the guys from the Believe Network is going to join us tomorrow. And uh, Alex Tasopoulos is my guess on that name. We're going to double-check the pronunciation before we have Alex on. Uh, he does a show on the Believe Network with Raymond Felton. Talking NBA. Raymond Felton. So we're going to talk to him tomorrow and uh, get a little breakdown on the series. Raymond Felton, one of the greatest fat point guards of all time. Oh, how dare you. North Carolina, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, he was so hefty. (laughs) (laughs) He was so hefty, but he could move, man. He could move. He could move. He could move that. Do do he and, uh, what was it, the UConn cat? Kelly Elamine. Elamine, is he going to go on that list too? Oh, yeah. Okay. Elamine, LeVance Fields from Pitt (laughs) was fat. Who else? I'm missing one, but there's somebody else. Just calling people out. Hey, if you could get to the league being Husky. That's an achievement in itself. From years and years and years, just calling people out from hey, years let, ago. Let me, let me give a shout-out, because our guy Nate, one of our best listeners on here, shout-out to Nate. His son, JJ, is rolling with him to East Texas, and they've been listening to us for the whole ride. How about that? Yes, I saw that. Uh, yeah, um, thank you for mentioning that. We did need to give a shout-out there. Yes, JJ, shout-out to you. Apparently, it's not even a like a special occasion. It's just JJ is nine, and he's listening. Cool. I feel him. Headed to see Grandma in uh, Arkansas, apparently. Okay. So there you go. JJ, enjoy your trip. Enjoy your time with Grandma, because that's a special thing. The grandkids and the grandparents. Yeah. Just watch your surroundings, JJ. It's Arkansas. (laughs) (laughs) Just watch your surroundings, Nate. Y'all know you've been giving them game. You know how Arkansas could be. Just watch your surroundings. He'll be all right. I doubt it's JJ's first time in Arkansas. Yeah, he, he probably knows the block. By the time you get to be nine... If you're going to Arkansas, I bet your head's on a swivel. Yeah. He's ready. Yeah, just a lot of toothpick-eating folks down there. I hear it's a beautiful state. Huh? That's what I hear. Okay. I haven't checked it out myself. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've been to Little Rock once. All we did was hoop, and there's a big reason why. And then you left. That's it. Okay. Got in, got out. That's fair. All right. uh, It is May 31st. Let's tell you why today matters. How about some kickoff times in college football, huh? 
Why Today Matters, brought to you by Sinus and Snoring Specialists. Get sinus and snoring relief with Dr. Daniel Slaughter at Sinus and Snoring Specialists. 512-601-0303 or sinussnoringent.com. Yes, indeed. About to wrap up, May. We've got a couple of big sports birthdays we'll talk about. But first, if you're a Longhorn fan, there have been some added kick times for you today. The Rice game is a 2.30 kick. Wyoming game is 7. And the Tech game at the end of the year is 6.30. How about the first part of the year uh, as we're getting started? That early week one, Florida and Utah. It's going to be a 7 o'clock kick on August 31st. The LSU-Florida State game is going to be a night game as well. You'd probably expect that as a 7.30 kick. And how about this? Week two, we already know Texas and Bama are playing at 6 o'clock. But how about earlier in the day, an 11 a.m. kick for Notre Dame at NC State. Might, okay. might be a game to check out. And a 2.30 kick for A&M at Miami. Aggies have to go to Miami and Tennessee this year as games that wouldn't normally show up on their schedule. So you just sit down on your couch and go Notre Dame game followed by that Miami A&M game followed by Texas-Bama. That's good a good. Day. That's a pretty good day of college football right there. Uh, so if you want to go check it out, some kick times might have been announced on games that you will care about. Louisville, Georgia Tech is uh, Friday, September 1st. They've announced that as a 7.30 kick. So there's a lot of games out there now, or a few games out there now, that have some kick times you may want to check. Last day in May, you feeling good about your Aggies going to South Beach? Um... Not, not specifically, no. no that, that response should tell you everything. Not specifically. Because you're talking about the second week and they don't know a whole lot. I mean, that offense, you just don't know a lot right now. You got the, what does the Petrino effect really mean? And, you know, who's going to be the quarterback? And can you really do what you want to do? They lost They lost some talent. I like some of the receiving talent they have, but they're going to have to figure out running back. And I just don't know if by that point they're going to have really figured it out. I heard he hasn't been seen on a scooter or a moped or a motorcycle in Bryan College Station any, so that's good news. I'm sure they wrote that into the contract, <laughs> right? <laughs> We're going to get you a driver, coach. <laughs> We're going to get you a driver. Even if you're going out with somebody that's not your wife, let's do Oh, man. Let's do that with tinted windows. They have tinted windows. We can put you in a car. It'll be great. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Singles A, I've had a very good time in Bryan College Station. Yes. Northgate, oh, man. Yeah. You can clean up down there on the right night. It is, uh, yeah, it's a good town now. Good town, uh, good place to party if that's what you're looking yeah. to do. So it should definitely be in Coach's contract. Yes, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Uh, college football right around the corner. Texas's first game is 94 days away on that September the 2nd, and now we're under 100 days till the first NFL game, only 102 till the first NFL Sunday. So we're rolling through that, getting a little bit closer. couple of birthdays to mention. Happy birthday to Joe Namath today. Broadway, Broadway Joe. Broadway Joe hits 80. There's a whole lot of famous folks hitting that 8-0 lately, and Joe is the latest one that I've seen. Joe Namath, old school. You got that one? Oh, wow. No. You better, you better learn this one because he's one of your future SEC brothers. Is he a Bama guy? Yep. Yeah, okay. Played, That's, that sounded right. Played for the Bear at Bama. Happy 80 to Joe. Also, if you are a fan of maybe the greatest upset in the history of team sports, Jim Craig is 66 years old today. He was the goalie on the U.S. hockey team in 1980. Miracle team. The Miracle on Ice team. Happy birthday to him today. Uh, also, National Flip-Flop Day. Does the crock count as a flip-flop, or is that separate? Separate. 
It's a di- different Yeah, thing. I, you can't see my toes, so I wouldn't count on that. I see. There flip-flop. you go. Got to see the flip-flop yeah, with the toes. Plus, yeah, exactly. You got to have the thing that goes between the big toe and the second toe. That's what makes it a flip-flop. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that is... Yeah, I, uh, I got African feet. I ain't showing my feet to nobody. <laughs> <laughs> my feet are trash. What does that mean, African feet? Is there a qual- they don't got shoes in Africa. They just uh, running around, jumping over cheetahs and hyenas and stuff. I see. <laughs> so your feet could get a little rough. I see. That's what my feet look like. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Uh, today's also National No Tobacco Day. So if anybody out there is trying to kick a tobacco habit, we wish you all the luck in the world. I have heard it's one of the toughest things to kick in this world. Never smoking a cigarette in my life. I haven't either, and I'm glad because, again, I've heard it's one of the toughest things to oh, do. Oh, yeah, just scares me. My buddy Rick Sacamano, uh, he smoked from like age, it was like 16 to somewhere in his 30. It was about 20 years. Damn. He finally kicked it, though. Wow. He said it's one of the toughest things he's ever done. I bet. I mean, just brutally tough. I bet. Gums, gum and patches Patch. and all. Yeah, that. I don't oh, do nothing. My goodness, yeah. Uh, stay away from that stuff if you can, and uh, we wish you all the luck if you're trying to get that done. Lots of good stuff. <laughs> Back to Broadway Joe a little bit. Yeah. After he got in trouble and when, you know, they were interviewing him and he was getting all frisky. Susie and Colburn. Stuff. Yeah, Susie Colburn. Mm-hmm. Did he ever go to training or anything? Like, you know, sensitivity training? Or just because it's Broadway Joe and he's old and kind of a player, it was cool. I don't know if he went to sensitivity training specifically. I believe he went to rehab after that. Oh, just because he was on the juice? I think he was. Yeah, he was. a. I mean, I don't know if he. I don't know if the word was alcoholic at that time. He was a heavy drinker at that time. Okay. And I think it might have been heavy drinking combined with something. Maybe, I don't know if it was prescriptions and drinking or whatever it was, but he was in a bad way. He realized it, and apparently watching that video back really freaked him out, and eventually he got – because, I mean, there was never really anything after that. Yeah. He's been good. It didn't happen again. He got himself straightened out from where that was. That was embarrassing for everybody. Susie (laughs) Colbert. For everybody. Susie Colbert handled that about as professionally as you could have. I still can't believe she was able to just kind of like deal with that. Right. Because she realized it was happening as it was happening. And I'm sure she's dealt with a couple drunk folks on the sideline over the years. But she handled it like a pro. Uh, the, you know, the broadcast just tried to move on. And in Joe's, not defense, but for Joe's side of it, thankfully he didn't say anything truly vulgar. He said, I want to kiss you. Yeah. That's as bad as it really got. Right. He didn't swear. He didn't like go in for the kiss, Jackson Mahomes style. He, right. He didn't try to give some weird political opinion. You know, he did, you know, people don't say enough about the Nazis. You know, so whoa, 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 <laughs> stop. That didn't happen either. So he was able to get past it, I think, a little quicker than some would have. Yeah. Happy 80 to, uh, to Joe today. Hopefully no more sideline stuff for him. One of my favorite things about Joe Namath was him wearing the white kicks back in his playing days. Oh, yeah, he did. Like, nobody wore white kicks. I don't know why, but it's a fly move, and he was a fly dude, so he did fly things. And yeah. Rocking the white kicks and the fur coats, his style was dope. Yeah, because Johnny Unitas was exactly the opposite. And Unitas yeah. was known for the black shoes. Yeah, that go real high up. Look like boots. The high top, yeah. almost, yeah, black boot kind of thing. <laughs> I didn't do anything in those. And then, well, you know, it keeps the ankles tight. Keep yeah, ankles wrapped yeah, up. Yeah, because he was so fast on the field. He really was. They called him, they called Lamar Jackson the new Johnny Unitas <laughs> when he took off. They called Michael Vick the new Johnny Unitas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that box head. Now, my favorite thing about Unitas, like later, later on the tribute stuff, was remember when Peyton Manning tried to pay tribute to Johnny Unitas by wearing the black shoes and the NFL fined him for it? <laughs> 
Did they really? <laughs> yes. Because they had a rule that said you couldn't wear but one. You had to tell everybody what kind of shoes you were going to wear. That's so stupid. They fined Peyton Manning for trying to pay tribute. I think it was right after, you know, what it was like right after Unitas died or uh, something like that. He was trying to pay tribute. He was trying to do the right thing, and they wouldn't let him. They didn't put two and two together like a former Colts player and the current Colts player. They should have. Sh- yeah, it's very simple. Yeah. I don't know. Would have been really easy. <laughs> What <laughs> the fell, man? Give them a one year, and now they've gone all the other way where they'll allow one week where they let everybody wear whatever cleats they want and do the my cleats, my cause thing. I like that, but yeah. usually that's just warm ups, right? They let them do it during warm ups. You take pictures and send it out on social media, but then you've got to get in the regular shoes. Mm. We can't come on, we can't yeah. have everybody with different shoes on. Yeah. That'd be anarchy. In our NFL world. Uh, Happy birthday to Broadway Joe today. Hope you're having a good Wednesday. Coming up, we'll get you stems and seeds before we get out of here. Ball Don't Lie coming up and the full Wednesday schedule. If you missed those guests for the Wednesday Night Flex Show, we'll hit you with those one more time as well. Stay with us. It's the Horn. I be on it all night, man. I be on it all day. Straight up, pimp. If you want me, you can find me in the Chad and Zay. Just about done with a Wednesday show. Sounds like he's on it, Zay. Do I have any chance here? Uh, no. Probably not. This is a little more for the kids. No, it came out about 20-something years ago. (laughs) Okay. That's so sad. That makes me feel just a little older. Thank you so much. All right, who is it? Killer Mike. Okay. Big boy. A couple of other guys that we don't know. Killer Mike's been doing stuff for 20 years? Oh, Killer Mike's been around for a minute. Wow. Yeah. I always enjoy uh, I enjoy every interview I've heard with him. I have not heard a lot of the stuff, though. So this is him right here? That's Killer Mike? I think so. Okay. And where's Killer Mike from? Atlanta. He's an Atlanta guy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Killer Mike. We had Chameleonaire and Paul Wall, Spiral Staircase, Doobie Brothers, Bob Marley, and Donnie Iris all on the show today, plus a great KRS-One beat to start the hour. Tomorrow at 2.05, Zay's thoughts on Led Zeppelin 4. That's the album swap of the week. The movie swap of the week is above the rim. Somehow we ended up on a run of really great bad movies, and Zay tells me that's what above the rim is, so I'm interested to check it out. And speaking of great rap, apparently Tupac is also in the movie, so i got to check it out. Have not seen that movie. 94, I think, is the year. for 1994. For Above the Rim. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, let's get you stems and seeds, and uh, then we'll get it off to Rod and Hard. Here we go. No stress, no seeds, no stems, no sticks. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Rod, Harge, and Patrick coming up with Ball Don't Lie. Uh, We talked about some college football kick times. Longhorns get some of those extended, uh, or not extended, but more games added to the list. Rice is a 2.30 kick, Wyoming a 7 o'clock kick, and Texas Tech a 6.30 kick. I'm excited that that Black Friday game is not 11 a.m. Hallelujah. Yeah, thank goodness. We've had way too many of those the last few years. Really? Too many 11 a.m. Don't you remember that year a couple, was it two or three seasons ago where I swear they had eight 11 o'clock kicks? It was oh, I remember stupid. that. Stupid. Yeah, I remember that. It just wouldn't stop. And then across the fingers, can we at least get a 230 for OU? Can we at least get a 230 for Texas OU? I know you're, I know everybody's terrified. 
because we can't have a night game in that part of Dallas. Whatever. I'm done with that fight because I want that game to be primetime. But, Zay, can we at least go 2.30? Please. I dig 2.30. They need to make that a 2.30. Give, give y'all a little extra time at the fair. That's what I'm saying. That Fletcher's corn dog would taste a lot better at noon than it is right. 9.30 a.m. Please, let's make that normal. Stop kicking that thing at 11 a.m. And you know what? Longhorns and Sooners, do your part, too. You do your part, win games early, make it a better matchup, and maybe they'll be forced to put you at 2.30. What y'all being scared for? South Dallas is a beautiful place at nighttime. Dude, you can I, see some great things there. I've been to concerts, and as I recall, those concerts did not all happen in the middle of the day. And we got done with the concert, and I came home. Yeah, didn't get robbed. Safely. Yeah. There were parking lots and everything. Nobody was trying to get you to smoke crack or nothing? No. Well, I mean, that happened at the show, but it depends on the show. <laughs> you know, that depended on the show I was going to, depending on which which concert we went to. Uh, so that's going on, of course, in, uh, oh, 90 days or so, 94 days till Texas plays Rice. Uh, we also told you earlier, if you're a, a high school sports fan, coming up tonight on Wednesday Night Flex, they've got the LBJ head coach, Joseph Rawls, coming in, and Vandegrift wide receiver, Miles Coleman, and star safety, Alex Foster, will both be on the show. So uh, that those will both be interesting uh, football teams to follow this season, LBJ and Vandegrift. And uh, they'll be, obviously, Vandegrift trying to get all the way back to the state championship game. And two years ago, uh, LBJ did the same thing. That's right. And last year was obviously a little bit of a letdown for them uh, not being able to get back to that point. But now they lose a lot of talent in key spots. They've got to replace, including a head coach. And then Vandegrift loses their quarterback and some other talented guys, but they've also gotten an influx of talented guys with the transfer situation. Yeah, it's going to be hard to replace Cedric Alexander, the guy that broke records here in AISD. That'll mm-hmm. be tough, but LBJ, they always got talent. It just matters what they do with it. Tomorrow we'll get uh, get you ready for the NBA Finals. That comes up tomorrow night, of course. We got a, a national NBA guest coming up at 12.30 tomorrow. We got our album and uh, movie discussion coming up at 2. We're trying to get a guest fit in for 105 tomorrow. We hope that will uh, will take place. So that series is going to start up in the mountains at 5,280 feet. There's an article out there today about just how good Denver is on uh, on their home floor. 8-0 in these playoffs. It's going to be tough. Yeah. It's going to be tough. But Jimmy Butler and the Heat, you ain't going to tell them they ain't going to win this series. No, no. They. By the way, is it official now? Can they play the chip on the shoulder card? Denver's not trying to say that they're not favored here, right? They'll do that somehow. Malone, Malone and Joker. The, yeah, they'll you know, finesse it that way. Everybody's talking about Miami. He's still talking about the Lakers at the end of that series. You know, if everybody's still talking about the Lakers, I think that's crazy. Dude, do you think we don't know how good you are? Yeah. You're the one seed, man. I don't get it. All right, uh, ball don't lie coming up. And then you got Wednesday Night Flex at 7, Longhorn Blitz Podcast at 8, Fight Night at 9, and Sports Guys Talking Wrestling at 10. We'll be back tomorrow for a Thursday show. Have a good end of May, and we'll talk to you then. See ya!